Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. And now, part two of our interview with David Delaney. So, now moving on to Biden's cabinet picks, it seems that he has pretty much finished building up his cabinet. What are your general thoughts on uh, his cabinet picks and with the, with the remaining that have been chosen? I would say that it was, a, overall, I'm, I'm happy with it. I was disappointed by a few picks, but overall, he hasn't... Can you I give us some examples? Um, yeah, sure. I'll give you an example. I thought that bringing back Tom Vilsack for agriculture was a bit puzzling. He was already at agriculture for eight years under the Obama administration. I would have preferred a new face in the agriculture department, uh, preferably not someone so tied to big agricultural uh, mega corporations. But um, yeah, I would not have picked Tom Vilsack. I, I also wouldn't have picked Gina Raimondo for the Commerce Department. Um, you and I, me both, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> she her cuts to Medicaid as governor of Rhode Island, and her I, I I don't I don't I'm 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 worried about her approach to commerce as president. Now I heard they were going to pick Meg Whitman for commerce, and that was good. That that would have horrified me picking a, a someone who was who not long ago was a, a central Republican figure. Um, so I wouldn't have picked uh, Raymundo, um, and I would in. Well, they didn't pick Whitman, but Raimundo is better, but I wouldn't have picked her. Thankfully, um, Biden uh, appointed Mayor Walsh for the Labor Department, which I was very happy about. Uh, the guy's been in the union since he was 21 years old, um, and I can think of no one better for that department, and I was pleased that they picked him. I was pulling for him, and they picked him, and I was really happy about that. And I think that it's important we have someone who knows the struggles of unions in this country running the Labor Department. And you bet it's a better improvement off the one we've got right now, where we've got um, um, uh, Mr. Scalia running the Labor Department, who is anti-union and anti-worker. And I'm looking forward to to having Mayor Walsh in charge of that department. Uh, we've also got Merrick Garland at the um, at the Justice Department. I wanted Alabama Senator Doug Jones there. Uh, I think he's a great man of integrity, but Merrick Garland works. He's highly qualified. Um, and I think that we'll be able to fill his seat on the courts for the next um, few decades, which is also a, a good thing. And I'm looking, uh, and also there's the, what's it called? Uh, the Treasury Department, uh, Janet Yellen, who is an extremely qualified uh, appointee. She was Fed chair. This, this is almost a step down for her. Uh, uh, which is fine because she will know exactly what to do and she knows exactly to how to manage the recovery to get our economy moving again um, and is an overwhelming improvement off of Steve Mnuchin um, who is a just quite frankly he was a he was there for the banks and for the GOP mega donors and nobody else um, what do you so, think of William Burns William Burns for the Central Intelligence Agency I heard that he was I Honestly, I don't know much about him, but I did know that uh, he was um, – I heard that he was a decent pick. Uh, ultimately, though, I can't comment because I don't know enough about him. I'll have to look into that. But um, all I know is that in most cases, this is an improvement off the Trump administration, which is not – which is a complete disaster everywhere. Um, so I'm happy that there's going to be an improvement, and it's so important. I've been saying this to my friends. I – care more about confirming this cabinet than running a trial for Trump, 
we need a new government and we need it now. We can't leave these Trump appointees in there who are going to continue misruling and misgoverning. We need a new cabinet and we need it. These highly qualified, very uh, competent Biden appointees, because that's how we're going to get the vaccine rollout moving. That's how we're going to get our economy moving and move this country forward. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting those picks confirmed. I'm assuming Miguel Cardono being a better pick for Secretary of Education than Betsy DeVos is a given and not something you have to explicitly state. Yeah, he all, all yeah, the, yeah, you're, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, DeVos is a disaster. I'm happy she's gone and hopefully we never see the likes of her in the cabinet again. What are you hoping Biden will do starting January 20th? Like, like, given that there's going to be an impe- uh, impeachment trial, what do you, uh, at least at least for the next few weeks or so, what do you want him to do in that first year besides his code, besides that specific uh, rescue plan? Well, first off, repeal all the Trump executive actions on immigration, on, um, on, the, on, on regulation, um, on the environment repeal them all. Anything that Trump did that in those fields and in domestic policy that we can re- that we can roll back on day one need to be gone on day one. Gone. Um, really, I leave this up to Attorney General uh, designate Garland. He needs to start cleaning out the Justice Department, which has become entirely staffed with cronies and crooks. We need to they, really take out the Windex, take out, scrub it all down because it's very important. We have a Justice Department that works and isn't corrupted. Um, so I, I don't know what else. First hundred days, let's pass that stimulus. Let's confirm that cabinet. And then hopefully we can start talking about, get, hopefully we can pass a, a bipartisan infrastructure package in Congress um, and talk about a public option for healthcare. Um, and then I then we get to the questions, to more complicated legislative questions in terms of the filibuster and uh, DC and Puerto Rico statehood. But um, we've got two years, really, uh, of, a, of, of, a, of united government. So let's use it and let's let's pass things that will actually help people, uh, because that's that's what we we need to do desperately. Or we we might end up with a with another Trump on our hands. So as the leader of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden gets to uh, select the next uh, Democratic National Committee chair. The current one is uh, former uh, Secretary Tom Perez, I announced that he was picking Jamie Harrison, who ran for the DNC chair back in uh, 2017 and ran against Lindsey Graham, South Carolina Republican senator in uh, last year's election. And he lost, but he raised a lot of money. And now and based off the uh, media attention and that, Biden has picked him for the uh, coveted spot. What's your uh, thinking? Well, what I know is that the best DNC chair in my memory was Howard Dean from the great state of Vermont, who was who who really got us competitive across the, the country with a 50 state strategy that helped Democrats win a lot of races. I think that Tom Perez was ultimately a middling appointee. We won a, a Senate in the House under his watch, but I think that was in spite of him more than because of him. Uh, there were there were conditions in the country and that resulted in us winning those 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 seats. It wasn't because of Tom Perez. 
but ultimately the job of the DNC chair is to raise money and to coordinate some degree of strategy. And Harrison did a good job of that. I mean, his Senate campaign, I believe, I helped raise money for his campaign uh, here in, in Brooklyn. Ultimately, that was a mistake because he raised $50 million one quarter and he still went down in flames and, against Lindsey Graham. He didn't really make it fairly competitive. If anything, he was taking away money from more winnable races. But I hope, I wish him the very best. As I hope he does great as DNC chair. And I hope that we're able to minimize our losses in the 2022 midterms. We need to remind voters that Democrats are the party that's going to be giving them money and that's going to be propelling the recovery, and that's going to be expanding the child tax credit, the earned income tax credit. Really, we're, we're the jobs party, and the Republicans are the party of insurrection. They're the party of mobs. Jobs, not mobs. That's what I like. Vote for the Democrats. Jobs, not mobs. Because the Republicans are the party of openly, of, of fa really a fascist demagoguery and violence. And the Democrats are the party of the middle class. And that's always the way I've wanted that's always what I've wanted the Democrats to be, the party of the middle class. And if we can tell voters that, I hope Jamie Harrison can get that message through and raise the money to get that message across, because then I think we can win some races in two years and beyond. But don't you think Republicans aren't necessarily the party of insurrection and of, you know, mob? Don't you think that that would only, don't you think that the Republican Party sort of split between traditional conservative Republicans like Mitt Romney and Ben Sass? And, you know, extreme Trumpists, don't you think that it's a split party and doesn't exactly represent anything as, as of now? Maybe, but, you know, if Mitt Romney ran for president, he, he wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, ben Sass, if Larry Hogan is going to run for president in 2024. I'm, I'm calling it now. He's going to run for president and he's going to go nowhere. Um, the party has changed. They're dependent on these voters. I, I, I have respect for Mitt Romney for his vote to impeach Trump to begin with. I disagree with him on most everything, but I have respect for that vote. One of my favorite uh, elected officials in the country is Phil Scott, the governor of Vermont. So there are Republicans with whom I, I, I do have respect. Um, and Phil Scott's a special case. Uh, we can talk about that another time. I really do like him. But th this is a, they, they all have to pander to these people. Almost every Republican in the House voted to let Trump off the hook for this. And in the polls that we're seeing, most Republicans don't blame Trump. Now, there is significant slippage um, among Republican support for the president. But ultimately, the party that the party, the party's been moving right wing for a very long time. They, Ronald Reagan used to be uh, someone who's on the fringe of American politics. Then he became the, the leader of the Republican Party. Someone like Donald Trump was supposed to be irrelevant on the fringe. Then he became the leader of the Republican Party. This used to be a party that elected people like George Aiken from Vermont, who was a progressive Republican, and Nelson Rockefeller and George Romney, Mitt Romney's father, who was far more progressive than Mitt is. Those people can never win. A, even people like, like, I, like even conservative Republicans from, uh, from many years ago couldn't, couldn't really make progress in today's party. The party's moved to the right. And even if there is a struggle between the, 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 the group that's directly loyal to Trump and the group that isn't, I don't think that I don't think that they're it's still a very right wing party. And I hope that that Republicans with a conscience who are seeing what's happening leave the Republican Party. I've been reading today. I was reading that in Orange County, California, Republicans are bleeding 300 registered members a day. Independents are registering as Democrats. I hope that happens because. The Republican Party, unfortunately, sold its soul for Trump. They were okay with Trump as long as he cut taxes and appointed judges. And now they're reaping the, the, the consequences. 
I can't say that this is what this is what people were saying would happen for a long time. They said Trump is a dangerous person. He's going to use violence. He's okay with that. He doesn't care about our constitution. But Republicans were okay with letting him be in office if he cut taxes and appointed judges. Now, um, I hope that Republicans, I, there are a lot of Republicans with whom, for whom I have respect. I hope they, they leave Trump behind and I hope, they, I hope the party can change, but I, I don't think it will. As a native New Yorker, you're able to vote in, the, this, in this year's mayoral race, am I correct? Uh, yes, I am. June primary. So even, uh, even as a Bostonian, I have taken quite of interest to New York politics, considering that there are, what, like 15 to 20 candidates already in? It looks like, Dem- it looks like the national Dem- Democratic primary at this point. And even as Andrew Yang uh, put his hand into the ring, are you decided now or are you, look, you guys have ranked choice voting over there. What are you thinking as of right now? Um, it's a very, like you said, there's a whole lot of people running for office. There is like, and there's a lot of people running for office who, who are competitive. Uh, it's a wide open race. I have no clue who's going to win. It is, it is a very open race. And I know that uh, obviously the democratic primary, this is New York city, whoever wins the democratic primary is going to win the election. Um, so this is the real election and it's very competitive. There's a lot of people who can, who are very competitive. You've got a comptroller, Scott Stringer, who I'm a fan of. He's uh, been endorsed by most of the city council, state assembly members who have endorsed. He's been endorsed by Congressman Jerry Nadler and Congressman Jamal Bowman. So he's got a very wide coalition of left leaning voters. There's also Eric Adams, my borough president. Uh, who's who's competitive? There's people like um, Ray McGuire, the city group executive, who's 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 gotten into the race as an outsider. Um, uh, Maya Wiley, who's an MSNBC staple, has now entered the race, um, and Obama's housing secretary has entered the race. There's a lot of big names. I like, and of course, Andrew Yang has entered the race the other day. So far, I consider myself undecided. It's a, the election's uh, uh, several months away, so I, I, I can keep my, my options open. I like Stringer. Um, he's probably the default liberal choice. Uh, but there's also people like um, uh, Catherine Garcia, who is from my uh, neighborhood, went to a, a public school just near me. Um, she's, she's in charge of the sanitation department. She's been endorsed by the, at least one uh, local chapter of the Teamsters. Uh, and other unions. Uh, she seems like she's someone who like who who's focused on getting things done. Um, there's people. There's um, I like um, I like uh, Yang. I think he's got a very ambitious anti-poverty agenda and anti-homelessness agenda, which is ex- of extreme importance. His rollout of his campaign has been a bit bumpy. People are questioning his residency. He hasn't voted in a New York mayoral election before. Uh, they're saying that he's out of touch. And a lot of it is people who are scared. Everyone's attacking him because he's winning the polls and they think that, and they don't like the, that he's coming out of nowhere and throwing the race into disarray. But some of the attacks might stick. And I, I can't say that I care very much for the whole who's a real New Yorker game. I don't really care. I care more about the politics that people are proposing. So I, Yang's interesting. Um, I might rank him. So it's, again, I, I can rank up to five people. So I might rank him somewhere. And I, I think Sean Donham is also interesting. It's, it's an open race, and it, there's six months between now and the primary. So what happens right now is really really just a, a preparation and a games for what's going to happen later when the, when the real campaigning gets started. Most New Yorkers aren't attuned to what's happening right now. David, do you have anything to say to our listeners? Anything you want to get out there? 
Well, uh, just that um, I'm I'm optimistic, um, a little bit optimistic. There's a lot of reasons to be scared right now, but I'm hoping that we can get we can see some really cool things happen with Joe Biden in the White House and with the Democratic Senate majority. And I'm hoping that we can pass real substantive things that will help people. And um, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned, but a message of of hope that the vac- that we're going to have real the, the difference between a Trump administration and a Biden administration is so big and it's really night and day. And I think people are understating the gravity of what that means. Like we're actually going to have a competent administration. That means a lot for a lot of people whose lives might actually be improved. So just keep on fighting and keep on working. Um, and, and I'm hopeful that things will get better than they are now. David Delaney, you are absolutely right. It has been a pleasure to have you back on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zers Talk Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zers Talk Politics, and on Twitter at Gen Zers Talk Poly with an I, and add or email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.